This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Now back to Riffin' with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back live here, ripping with Raph and AD on this Wednesday night. AD, we have a guest on the line. This gentleman, All Big Eight, 1991. Can you guess how many interceptions he had that year? Half a dozen. You did your homework. <laughs> I like seeing that out of you, big dog. Kenny, you here? I'm here, big fella. What's up? What is up, my brother? I can't call it. What up, AD? Hey, what's going on, K-Dub? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Thanks, man. Thanks. For, hey, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you taking the time. I know the schedule is, like, crazy busy right now. But, big bro, we definitely appreciate you for joining us, man. Um, I was looking. Uh, we got Big Sky right here. Big Sky, he's one of our uh, uh, teammates here, and he had the music ripping. And I told him to play. There was a song that was playing, and I was like, well, this is – I was thinking about the time that you were there. I was telling Raph, it's been 30 years, bro. Bro, you showing our age? Stop that. <laughs> Thirty years. You were all Big Eight in nineteen ninety two. Think about that, bro. Bro, that's that's a long time ago. I'm ancient. It goes quick, doesn't it? It goes quick. It goes, it goes quick. <laughs> Kenny, what are you doing? We we know what you're doing now, but tell the tell the audience what you're doing right now. What are you doing right now? Well, right now I'm just leaving the gym for playing racquetball. I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. No, no. Right, right now, I'm actually on the football staff. I'm, I'm working on the staff as director of high school relations. Uh, I do the uh, in-state uh, walk-on program, and also the pro liaison. So I deal with the pro scouts when they come in and uh, inquire about our players. Mm-hmm. Kenny, we know that you're in your eighth season now overall, um, Nebraska football staff since uh, 2021. Marks your sixth season as the Huskers director of high school relations. You just mentioned that and how the importance of, of that goes. You know, you came to Nebraska, you spent six seasons defensive backs coach at Southeast Missouri State uh, under our former coach who coached us, um, Coach Tony Samuel, and uh, native of St. Louis. We'll get into that more. But you had experience at New Mexico State, Dodge City Community College, Emporia State. I mean, you've just – you've been around the block in a number of capacities. How has that helped you out now? Well, in this profession, it's all about building relationships. So now that I'm not on the field actually coaching, I have more time to build relationships with our kids when they come on campus for official visits. Once they're officially on campus, you know, I'll sit down in my office with them, visit with them, just just to be there for them, be that ear for them, be that big brother, per se, uh, as a former player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kenny, this is Chris. Um or Ralph, I guess, since we're riffing with Ralph and AD. Question I got for you is, 
What is like a typical day for you? Well, a typical day starts about, about 8 o'clock unless we have an earlier staff meeting or if we have early practice. I'll get in the office, start checking emails, uh, checking for recruits, watch their film. If I like them, I'll pass them up the ladder. Uh, that's an all-day process, an everyday process. It even starts sometimes at night. So uh, it's a uh, year-round deal. There's no days off. You think you have a days off? Think you have a day off, but then you get an email and you and you, you want to check it. This is Riffin with Raff and AD 93.7. The ticket on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. You can call in at 402-464-5685 or the Sarma Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. Kenny, how many hours of video do you think you'll watch in a typical week? Too many. I have to wear readers now. I thought I had great vision until I <laughs> got off the field and started doing this recruiting part of it uh, 24-7. So I would say probably, you say a week? Yeah, how many hours of video are you just scouring, watching potential uh, prospects to come play at Nebraska? Well, there's, you know, pretty much from 8 to 5. If I'm there, 8 to 5, it's longer. Um, it depends. It depends. I mean, like I said, our job never ends. we got to find good football players uh, to come play for us. So, like I said, I can be sitting at home thinking I'm going to watch some uh, first 48 and date lines from 2020, <laughs> and I get an email about a kid, and I'm I'm instantly going to turn it on, whether it be on my iPad or my, my laptop if I brought it home. But, man, it's 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day. It all depends. You know, I sometimes try to turn, shut my mind off and have some me time like I just did at the gym. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I'm at the gym. I check my phone after every game mm-hmm. if something's happening. So, Kenny, I remember – I mean, not remember, just still do. You, you were always very meticulous. I mean, from – and, folks – First of all, his is the only car you're going to see in a snowstorm still clean. I mean, the <laughs> rim's going to be clean. The interior's clean. I'm like, how does this car not have any dust or any salt or any snow on it? And he's rolling through a snowstorm. And you were you were that way about everything, the way that you set up your locker. Your shoes are as meticulous. I mean, you just – there were certain way that you did things, the way that you played football. I remember this, even the way your pads were on. It wasn't a, a – um, a prima donna thing it was a thing to where things had to be done a certain way and you've always for the past 30 years plus years that i've known you it was things had to be done a certain way there was always going to be look like you were ready no matter what and it's like that old saying that Deion sanders said if you look good you play good if you play good you get paid good if you get paid good you feel good you have always carried your way in that fashion from the way that you studied the way you prepared um, I can remember lining up against you on the scout team days when you were, you know, one of the black shirts. The way that you did everything is how you do a lot of things. How has that helped you as far as the meticulous job you have now of dissecting film, being very meticulous? Well, I mean, it started at an early age. I mean, I've always took pride in in, in the things I've done, whether it be on the football field, in, in the game of life. Um I mean, it just came down to me ironing my shoelaces. Uh, my basketball coach used to get, make fun of me. I used to iron my shoelaces. Didn't tie my shoes, but he's like, why do you iron your shoelaces? Because I like my shoelaces to look nice. Um, we didn't have much, but I, when, when I did have something nice, I wanted to look nice. For, say, my car. If I got a nice car, I want it to look good. You take care of your car, it'll take care of you. Mm. Now, when it comes to football and my appearance, on, the way I carried myself on the football field, I tell a lot of guys now, I didn't need a lot of trinkets. Give me my uniform, give me my helmet, give me my shoulder pads. Let's go play. Mm-hmm. Um, studied, the, studied my opponent, 
So I was ready. To, I knew his first step off the line, how he released, how he came out of his break. And it's the same way in life. You know, you, if you study and you do things, it becomes a habit. I'm a creature of habit. Mm. So, you know, so that's just me. Mm-hmm. 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 So, Kenny, I like trying to add to your your working plate of stuff. But say there's a, a, I guess maybe a high school junior or senior out there, maybe even a sophomore that, you know, their dream is maybe one day to walk on at Nebraska. Would they just email you or how would they go about, you know, starting that process? Or I, I remember back in the day they used to do like walk on tryouts and stuff like that. Is that still something that takes place? Oh, um, under the previous staff, we used to have walk on tryouts. I mean, I think that, the with roster numbers, it's hard to have those now. So, but a kid would reach out as a freshman. I can't respond to his email. I'll tell his coach I got his film. I'll start watching him. Then I'll tell his coach, hey, let's get him to camp. I think he's good enough. Let's get him to camp. Mm-hmm. If there are upperclassmen, juniors, sophomore juniors, and then sometimes seniors are email. I watch, I watch the film, and I'll, I'll evaluate him. I'll be like, hey, can this kid help us in two years on special teams? If I think that kid can help us in two years on special teams, that's the kid I'm gonna stand on the table for. I know the foundation of the University of Nebraska and it's the surrounding state, the walk ons. Uh, you know, they take pride in this university. The walk on taught me how to be a Nebraska football player. Mm-hmm. Whether it be an uh, Aaron Davis, you know, Danny Pleasant, you know, um, I can, uh, Brad Duvall, those guys taught me what it meant to be a Nebraska football player. I wore the jersey number number 19 because there was a receiver on the team. <laughs> My first year here was in 90. He was number 19. Who, can I guess it? it oh, you got it. Morgan Gregory. Morgan Gregory. Big bro, was, Morgan Gregory. No, it was not. It wasn't Morgan? Morgan Gregory was a scholarship player. Oh, he was a walk-on. This guy, this guy was a walk-on. And I asked him in a stretch line, I said, bro, how old are you? He said, 32 years old. I said, what? I said, what the heck? I didn't say what the heck. I said a different word. I said, what are you doing out here with these, with, with these kids? He went to the military first. Can you, go ahead. I keep telling that story. I can't think of his name, but please go ahead. He, he went to the military first, then mm-hmm. came and played in Nebraska. Never played it down. He practiced every play like it was his last. And I told him that day, I said, next year I'm wearing that number because you wore it. That's how I chose number 19. Mm. And leading until uh, – Damian Jackson. That's the reason why I fought for Damian Jackson to be on this team. Mm. Because of that guy. Now, do you know who that is? I cannot think of his name, but I know who you're talking about, Kenny, but I cannot think of his name. His name is Keith McHale. That's right. That's right. Morgan Gregory Ward, till his senior year, Mm -hmm. Keith McHale Ward, he was also a receiver. Yep. And after he got done, I wore. Yep. Because I think you guys called him Pops, didn't you? Pops or old man? (laughs) There you go. <laughs> Kenny, you know, you know, it's stories like that. People just they just think it's like a random number that has a lot of a lot of significance behind it. And speaking of significance, you think about this, Kenny. A lot of people don't know you, you six interceptions, you know, in ninety one. Okay, led the team became all big eight. Your career you had nine, so in one year you had six, you know. Play professional ball up in Canada. And here's the, something I did not know about you, Kenny, that you were number three uh, right behind uh, behind Doug Flutie for the league's Player of the Year award when you played up in the CFL. What was that like playing, being a CFL All-Star in 1996? Man, I tell you what, 
let's go back to uh, the six interceptions. I got those six interceptions backing up two seniors and played only eight games mm, mm, mm. until I tore my until I tore my ACL. Hmm. So, yeah. So it was a shortened season, but I had a lot of success. Now going forward to the CFL in 1996, it was fun. Teammate of mine was former Husker quarterback Steve Taylor. Mm-hmm. He and I are great friends now now today. But that's a that's a great league. It's a fast league. You have to be on your toes at at all at all times. Um, as a kick returner, punt returner, and a DB, I finished third in balloting for the MVP of the CFL. <laughs> I was a player of the year of my team. Um, it was a fun season. We didn't win a lot of games, but I had fun. As an ex-quarterback in high school and junior college, as a punt returner, kick returner, I had fun. And I always tried to have fun playing the game of football. And once I said I was done having fun, I was done playing the game. Mm-hmm. But that year was a great year myself but if it wasn't for my teammates i would never uh, uh achieve those goals hmm. so do we know who got second place that year i do not know and <laughs> I, I read that today i was like i wonder who got second i, I remember wasn't marcus allen's brother a pretty decent quarterback up there around that time damon allen was damon allen was a great quarterback in the cfl yes he was hmm. kenny you, you grew up st louis you know, I mean, you think about you grew up in St. Louis, huge sports town, huge sports town. You know, you have all these other schools around you. So tell us what it was like growing up in St. Louis. And number two, a lot of people don't know that you were a heck of a basketball player, too. You know, so growing up playing sports, et cetera, you know, brothers, you know, that you grew up with. Um, what was that like growing up in St. Louis? And the second part of this question is this. Why did you choose Nebraska, and what are the schools you consider? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good story. Yes. So, growing up in St. Louis, I grew up in a house that was 26 of us in one house. 26. We lived with my mom's parents. Uh, they had 11 kids. So, it was my aunts, uncles, my cousins. Uh, I'm the oldest of four boys. Slept in a twin bed uh, until I was about 13 years old. I said, forget that. I'm tired of feeding my face. So, I slept <laughs> on the hardwood floor. We had mice, we had roaches, we had mm-hmm. a cat. The only reason why we had a cat was for the cat to kill the mice. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it, it was a tough upbringing, um, but it was a lot of love in the house. I mean, I was I was kind of ashamed of the house. I wouldn't let people come over. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, when it came down to going to high school, my mom said I was not going to go to a certain school because it was a bad school. So I started. Uh, Going to a, a school out in South County was a desegregation program. I was one of probably 20 African-Americans at the school at the time in 1984. Uh, was the first African-American quarterback my sophomore year starting varsity. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of racial things that went on at that time at that school, but it made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I said, I have a lot of close friends from that school. My basketball coach, my high school football coach, we're still close today. Um, fast forward to my senior year, um, I, I didn't take school uh, like I should have. I didn't take school serious, but I think the grading scale was a lot harder out there than it was in the city. So, But that's no excuse. I didn't take school serious, so I had to go to junior college route. Went to Dodge City Community College, played there two years, freshman, sophomore year. Then when it came down to the recruiting process all over again, um, there was a lot of schools touting me. I was a huge Oklahoma fan growing up. Sorry, the Husker fans. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to tell you about a name, and that person's name, that person's 
son is on our roster right now, Charles Thompson and Jamel Holloway, as an option quarterback in high school and junior college. OU is where I wanted to go. Mm. Um, Nebraska came calling. Um, University of Pacific came calling. And you say University of Pacific. That's in Stockton, California. John Gruden was an assistant coach recruiting me for the University of Pacific. Um, so I made my final decision. I told Gruden to have his head coach go to my living room in St. Louis. Told Ron Brown, who was recruiting me at the time, to have Coach Osborne to go visit my family in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Osborne showed up at Dodge City, signed about 200 autographs in that uh, cafeteria. Wow. Flew to St. Louis. Gruden couldn't get his head coach to do it. So when Coach, uh, coach Osborne called me when he was sitting in my living room, I said, Coach, I'm going to university. Right. Wow. Because he made that commitment, he went to your place and said, this is how much I care about you in the next four to five years of your career as a collegiate student. That was the, that was the deal. That was what sealed the deal. Yes. And fast forward to me signing, graduating from junior college, the summer in between reporting to Nebraska, I go home and I get shot. Mm-hmm. I took a bullet for my little brother. Um, wow. My mom said, we're getting you out of here. I called Coach Osborne. I said, Coach, can I come early? He goes, yeah. We pull up in Lincoln. I pull up at the apartment they had uh, me staying in. Um, my mom said, tell him. I said, no, no, he don't need to know. She said, tell him. I said, Coach, I got shot yesterday. He looked me dead in my face and said, with a needle? Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, no. No, Coach. coach. <laughs> so I raised, up my, I raised up my sleeve and the bandage was on. I said, Coach, the bullets land next to my bone. They said if they went in and took it out, it would damage all my muscle tissue. So, yes, I'm walking around today with a bullet in my left arm. But he told me, and he looked at my mom, he goes, do you mind if we keep him here, get him graduated, and get you guys out of that situation? That's when I knew I made the right decision. Wow. I knew that guy had my best interest. Mm. That gives you goosebumps right there thinking about something like that, man. It was more than just football. More than just football. I wanted somebody to show me that they cared about me more as a person, not just football. Because I knew I could play football. But growing up in that tight-knit family, I wanted to be somewhere where I was cared about as a person. Mm-hmm. And he showed me that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Got a okay. pause after that one. <laughs> so, Kenny, when you um, came up from Dodge City – were you were you an option quarterback at the time when you got to Nebraska, or had you already switched to defensive back before you got here? No, 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 Coach Osborne. I told Coach, I said, wherever you need me, I'll play. So I came in as as a wingback, hmm. uh, played on the scout team that whole year because they decided to redshirt me because of the bullet. And uh, so I played on the scout team. We played Colorado. I was a scout team quarterback, and the black shirts they 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 felt it. Uh, <laughs> I pissed him off a little bit that week, but when it came to option teams, I played quarterback. Other weeks, I was a receiver or whatever they need me to be. We tested out uh, the winter before we went and played in the Citrus Bowl, and I ran fast and jumped high, and Coach Osborne called me and said, hey, what do you think about moving the defensive back? And I said, what? He said, what do you think about moving the defensive back? And I said, Coach, wherever you need me to play, I'll play. Mm. He said, well, Coach Darlington said you tested well with your vertical and your your, your footwork, he thinks you can help us next year. Wow. Moved over there, you had Curtis Cotton, Tyrone Leggett, who were seniors. You had John Reese, Lorenzo Brinkley, Vernon Powell, they were younger guys, and we all battled for it. And like I said, I backed up Curtis and uh, Tyrone Leggett that whole year. Wow. 
Kenny, you think about a guy like, you know, all those, obviously all those names were are, uh, uh, just I mean, stellar players. One in particular, though, this is probably three years ago, I was going through the Omaha airport, and I just hear this big, deep voice, A.D., <laughs> Curtis Cotton. Curtis still looked like he can play right now. What was it like? A lot of people don't know, and we'll get into this a little bit later, time permitting, but just the – uh, the strength index performance. What type of freak of nature athlete was he? Because you were a freak of nature. All those guys you mentioned, all you guys were just freak of nature athletes. What was it about Curtis that just you just looked at him like, are you kidding me? There was three guys my career here that I, I was like, what the heck? You had Kenny Walker, mm. play defensive line. Specimen, body like somebody drew him, action figure. Mm-hmm. Basketball player, freak athlete. Mm. Then it was Curtis Cotton. And I was like, this guy is a corner? Well, he actually played safety, and they moved him to corner because there was lack of depth at corner. Mm-hmm. And this guy jumped a 42-inch vertical, 42. ran a 4-4, at 6-1-2, whatever he was. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And with that deep voice, <laughs> you look at him, you'd be like, I can go to war with that guy. Yep. <laughs> so that's your time at Nebraska, Kenny. Is there any game that sticks out to you as one that, I guess, one that you would remember the most? The uh, Colorado game my senior year in 92. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That stadium, that crowd. The speech before Charlie McBride gave us the defense before the game, he he spit you all down his shirt, and he had us running down that back stairwell in South Stadium, we could not wait to get out on that field. And when we took that field, the way that crowd was, we knew we had that game. Mm-hmm. We knew we had it. From the first play when Travis Hill made that sack fumble or whatever play it was in the right. first series, we said, we finna, we, finna, we finna blow these guys out. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny. And we beat them 52-7. to seven. Yep. <laughs> I have never, and I could be wrong, and I mean, KU that same year may have been close, but yep. that might be yeah, exactly. Remember that one? But which game? Which one was on Halloween? Was it Colorado? Was on Halloween? Colorado. Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Colorado. I remember that whole week leading up to you know us young guys, me, Riley, Washington. We were that was our freshman year, and I remember that whole week. I mean, it was just different. I mean, it's always different, but Colorado week was different. And I remember you guys. That game was one of the loud. That was the loudest game I can ever remember. In Memorial Stadium. I mean, it was absolutely insane, and the oranges being thrown on the field, and it was just chaos. And you know what was so cool about it, K-Dub, Big Bro? Then I know times have changed. There were no cell phones. People just were involved in the game. There was no selfies. I mean, it was just an insane environment. And you had a, and you had a heck of a game that game as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my job was easy. I had Travis Hill, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Trev Alvarez, rest in the passer. John Perella and Ed Stewart at linebacker. And, you know, the, the supporting cast I had made my job easy. I, I can't take credit for any of it. Um, we had a we had a hell of a defense that year. Yes. But practicing against you guys, that class, every week was harder than every game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our practices were harder than any game we played. You know, that has been an ongoing theme with every former player we've brought back and every player that on all the different shows, our practices, games, you know, it was, it was, they were pretty much done by the middle of the, middle of the second quarter. 
because they were physically they were physically tired of getting beat up. You know, and that's something we practiced during the week. Kenny, think about this, man. What you do has changed dramatically, the landscape of recruiting. And obviously, we'll, we'll want to talk about it but without talking about it. There's certain things you can and can't talk about. So we also want to be cognizant and sensitive to that as well. You know, it's changed a lot. How much more relationships now with high school coaches around the country with NIL, with the transfer portal, as it was when you first got started? Because, Kenny, I travel the country, as you know, in particular when I'm around Nebraska. There's not a single high school that I've been to in Nebraska, not a single one, big bro, where they not have had contact with you in some shape or form. And that's, that is saying a lot. And I know what you do. I see it. But to the fans out there listening, one of the hardest working guys that I've met as a, you know, as a, as a, as a recruiter, how, how important are relationships now? Um, they're very important. Uh, Mickey was on uh show this morning. He was talking about relationships, establishing relationships, and building trust. Mm-hmm. So when, when Coach Riley appointed me to this position, I took it upon myself to try to reach out to every coach. I'm still trying to do it today um, to reach out to every coach and just let them know, hey, if you ever have a player, if you ever need anything from us, you know, feel free to, to reach out. Hmm. Um, but, to again, the foundation of this program starts in this state. And I take pride in that. <clears throat> again, under Coach Riley, I told him, I said, Coach, listen, I really appreciate you keeping me on board. Hmm. This is home for me. This place saved my life. But we have to establish relationships in state. You have to. Even if the school doesn't have a player, the end needs to be present. Mm. We have to get back to the fact that Nebraska, you have to take care of home first. Kenny, we want to come back. Walk on scholarships. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. We want to. We're going to take a quick break, but I want to. I want to dig deeper on that importance of keeping Nebraska kids in Nebraska at all possible, folks. This is ninety three point seven. The ticket. This is Riffin with Raf and AD. We'll be back real quick with former All Big Eight cornerback Kenny Wilhite. This is a thirty second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD zero zero RGA zero. Spot title: Project Planning Homeowner One Hundred One. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops.